Hello and welcome. I'm Fernando, a GP in the UK. Today we're looking at the NICE guide and sound advice published in August 2023, focusing on what is relevant in primary care only. It's a fairly short and straightforward episode, so let's jump into it. The first clinical area is an update on the management of otitis media with effusion, also known as glue ear, in under-12s. Please don't confuse the term otitis media with effusion with acute or chronic otitis media, which we're not covering today. The updated paragraphs of the guideline refer to giving information about the fluctuating nature of the condition and its impact on hearing, language development, behaviour and emotional well-being. We should also explain that exposure to smoking increases the risk of developing glue ear in children. Otitis media with effusion often presents with one or more of the following hearing difficulties, delayed speech and language development, ear discomfort and tinnitus, also behavioural problems, poor educational progress and balance difficulties, for example clumsiness. NICE now also says that we should consider snoring as a reason to suspect gluea. If otitis media with effusion is clinically suspected based on history and examination, we will make a referral for a formal assessment, which will include a hearing test. I will not cover all the various recommendations following referral, as this is outside the scope of primary care, but it is worthwhile mentioning that we should not offer any of the following for otitis media with effusion or its related hearing loss. Antibiotics, oral or nasal steroids, antihistamine, leukotriene receptor antagonists, mucolytics, anti-reflux medications, PPIs or decongestants. Equally, we will advise against homeopathy, cranial osteopathy, acupuncture, massage and dietary modification including probiotics. And finally, we will treat children with otorrhea after grommet insertion with non-autotoxic topical antibiotic ear drops such as ciprofloxacin for five to seven days. The next clinical area refers to venous thromboembolic diseases. There is not much to say as it does not really affect primary care too much other than making you aware that there are updated recommendations for PEs and DVTs for people with COVID-19 and we are advised not to stop short-term interim anticoagulation for these patients following negative tests and to follow the COVID-19 rapid guideline instead. The last clinical area refers to the recognition and referral of suspected colorectal cancer, in particular the wider use of quantitative fecal immunochemical testing, commonly referred to as a FIT test. I found this extremely interesting and I will dedicate a separate video to the subject. For now, I will just say that the updated guidelines recommend FIT tests in some clinical situations where before a two-week rule cancer referral pathway would have been recommended. FIT tests are now recommended in adults with an abdominal mass, with a change in bowel habit, with iron deficiency anemia, in those aged 40 and over with unexplained weight loss and abdominal pain, those aged under 50 with rectal bleeding and either abdominal pain or weight loss, those aged 50 and over with either rectal bleeding, abdominal pain or weight loss, and lastly, those aged 60 and over with anemia, even in the absence of iron deficiency. 
but I think that this issue deserves more reflection, so watch out for my next episode, which will look into it in more detail, including the rationale for changing and other considerations. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember that this is not medical advice, and it is only my summary and my interpretation of the guidelines. You must always use your clinical judgment. Thank you for listening and goodbye.